Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Living a healthy, balanced life is no small feat, especially when you're a mom. With meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dofniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life, uncomplicate eating, and simplify in every area of mom life. What they need to know is that it's not a death sentence or a life sentence, that there are strategies that they can learn so that they can live with their anxiety and not let their anxiety take over their life. And so, yes, I think it's really important as parents that we educate kids and label it for what it is, but at the same time, also let them know that it's not something that's not treatable. It's not something, you know, like take the scariness away from it. And when we bring it to light, we're taking away the scariness. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I'm Chris Dovniak, your host. And if you have been a listener for any time now, you know that I have struggled for many, many years with anxiety. And if you are a new listener, welcome. I am so happy to have you here. I have struggled for many, many years with anxiety. (laughs) And I was definitely an anxious child, but I didn't know it then. I did know in some ways as I share in this episode. I dealt with a phobia for several years as a child, um, actually until I was like 11 or 12. It was quite a long time. And thankfully, I am past that now. But the general anxiety that I felt over a lot of situations, everything from school to social situations, was something that was never really, I think, recognized or brought up. And so I certainly didn't have tools to manage anxiety in a way that I kind of wish I had. And I don't think it was talked about as much back then when I was a child. Well, it definitely wasn't talked about in the mainstream media as much as it is now, and especially not when it comes to kids, which is why I am so excited to share with you today's guest interview. We are talking all about anxiety 
but specifically anxious kids and anxiety as it relates to our kids. Whether or not we are parents who struggle with anxiety, though, our guest does answer my question on what to do if we are anxious parents and we have anxious kids, which is not an uncommon situation. So today's guest is Julie Reynolds. She recently published a children's book on anxiety. She has worked as an elementary school teacher, school counselor, and therapist for for 15 years, so she has a very deep understanding of the struggles that kids face today, and she is on a mission through her book and through her social media to help as many families as possible with the overwhelm of having anxiety as kids or of having an anxious child. So in today's episode, we talk about some of the signs that might indicate that you have an anxious child if you're sort of wondering if you might have an anxious child. And she goes over some of the tools that she shares in her book on how you can help your kids to start to recognize their anxiety, and start to learn how to calm their bodies down, which is so helpful and so important. And the best part of her book and the work that she does is that we can use these strategies for ourselves as parents as well as use them as reminders for our kiddos. I think that more and more kids are maybe more and more kids are anxious or maybe we're just recognizing that kids have anxiety more and more these days. Either way, it is always so helpful to have more tools in our toolbox or tools in our warrior backpack, as it might be. And so I'm really excited to share with you today's conversation. I know it's going to be helpful for so many of you. So without further ado, here is my interview with Julie. Hi, Julie. Welcome to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I am so excited to chat with you today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh my gosh. This is such an important topic. I'm very, very excited to dive into all things anxiety and our kids. As someone who has struggled with anxiety for most of my life and didn't realize that I struggled with anxiety as a kid until I was an adult and was basically diagnosed with it or discussing my symptoms with my doctor, my doctor was like, sounds like you have anxiety. And I'm like, well, I've been like this my whole life. And she was like, yep, <laughs> that's you could have been anxious your whole life. Um, this is such an important topic and I'm so grateful that you are bringing it to light and I'm excited to kind of dive in. But before we jump in, I love to do a little icebreaker with my guests. So what are you reading these days? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, I am, my goal for 2022, this is going to sound really boring. It's nothing related to being a mom. Um, Although it kind of is, is I need to become financially literate. And I am reading Tony Robbins money game book at the moment. And I'm reading a book, one of my favorite authors. um, I don't know if you guys have read the energy bus. It's one of my favorite books that I have for personal development. He wrote a book called the carpenter. And it's really good. So I'm reading, I'm listening to Tony and I'm reading The Carpenter right now. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah, actually, me and my husband really started diving into finances and learning more about investing and things like that kind of towards the end of last year. So that's a goal of ours this year too, is to start to, we're like, all right, we're in our mid thirties now. We really need to understand this more and uh, and dive a little bit deeper in. So I love that. I'm on the same track as you. So not very exciting books, but really good. You know, like lifelong, yeah. you got to, you know, you got to grow up sometime and learn these things. Yes, exactly. I love it. 
Okay, so let's start by just kind of diving in. So your background is as an elementary school teacher, you are a school counselor and a therapist, and you recently wrote this adorable children's book I have right next to me, um, designed to teach kids how to cope with anxiety. So where, what is your story? Where did your passion for helping anxious kids come from? You know, I think it came from honestly being a school counselor and knowing that so many of the issues and the behavioral problems that we saw as a school counselor, really, like if you kind of peel back those layers to figure out what was going on, so much of it was rooted in anxiety. Um, you know, and, and we'll talk a little bit about this, I know, but like, you know, some of the behavioral issues that you see and, you know, what we one of the things that I was always doing was working with teachers, especially with kids with behavioral issues. And you always found that it was happening at around the same time of the day. So you've got to kind of like peel back those layers and be like, okay, what is going on? And a lot of times it was, you know, it was math time. Well, they had anxiety towards math and, you know, or just anxiety in general, they didn't feel good enough. Math wasn't a strong point. And so we started to see so many of these behavioral issues, but at their core, if you really peeled it back, it was because there was a lot of anxiety going on, whether it be school anxiety, social anxiety, um, you know, subject anxiety. I'm going to make up my own diagnosis over there calling it subject anxiety, but that's really what it was. And it became a passion of mine, not just to help kids, but also to help adults and women, especially lead their best life. And I know how many people struggle with anxiety and having my background, I was like, okay, let me, you know, let me help as best as I can and help, you know, some kids and make it very, um, very concrete and easy to use strategies that they can take with them throughout the day. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think, you know, my own experience is very similar in, I didn't have behavior issues necessarily as a kid, but I can look back and think about my childhood and think about, different areas that I was anxious and didn't actually, and had no idea what to do about it. And, and, you know, kind of the different ways it would display itself and maybe not behavior issues, but, you know, fights with my parents or, you know, not wanting to go places or procrastinating, doing homework or things like that, that I think were likely rooted in my anxiety towards, you know, feeling pressure to do well in this subject or, you know, friend stuff I had going on, all of these different things. And there weren't, if there were resources like your book, they were definitely not brought up in my house. I don't think my parents recognized it as anxiety either. It's interesting is I actually had diagnosed anxiety as a child around, um, I was bit by a dog when I was a toddler and it was really, really, it was not a great situation. Um, and I struggled with, like, I was terrified of dogs. Like I couldn't even be, you know, 50 feet away from a dog. If I saw it, I would freak out. I would jump on my dad or whoever was near me. And so they brought me to a therapist to work through that. And thankfully I was able to work through it. I love dogs now. Um, but so I was, you know, diagnosed with whatever, I'm not exactly sure what I was diagnosed with, but it was, it was definitive anxiety surrounding dogs and surrounding that traumatic experience I had as a toddler. But the other anxiety that I experienced was sort of never recognized. And so, and I, so it, it's interesting to me, I think like we, we were talking about a little bit before we officially started recording. Um, I don't think that it's as, I think it's more recognized now than it was then, you know, like 
30 years ago ish when I was, when I did go to a therapist for the dog, um, for the dog issue, I guess, but it's more recognized now, but I, I think it's still something we don't, we don't talk about enough. So I think it's, it's so important that we do. So I'm wondering just to kind of start us off, what are some signs that our kids might be struggling with anxiety? Well, you know, I first want to say not every child is the same, right? And so as a parent, we know our kids the best. And that's, you know, like I can give you, you know, like cookie cutter signs of what anxiety is in children. But at the end of the day, not every child is going to necessarily fit into that nice, beautiful box that I'm going to give you, right? So I want to, I want, as as parents are listening to this or as, you know, as, as you're taking this in, follow your gut as a parent, because if you're hearing these things and you're like, oh, could that be anxiety for my kid? Or maybe that's what this is, but it doesn't really quite sound like that. We know our kids better than anybody else out there, right? And so follow your gut, start doing some research and, you know, like doing your own little research, talking to your pediatrician, getting, you know, I I love that you were saying that your parents got you the help that they needed. And that's so important, right? Because, well, we can get into this, but if we don't treat our kids' anxiety or phobia, which is what you had is like a phobia, it manifests into bigger things. So it might've just been a dog and then it's going to be dogs and cats. And then it's going to be going out in public. And then, you know, so it it Mm -hmm. becomes this small little, you know, snowball, so to speak. And then you roll it down the mountain and it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And now you've got a boulder, right? If we don't Mm -hmm. deal with the anxiety head on. So kudos to your parents for taking you and getting you the help that you needed to help overcome that anxiety. But some of the general things that you see with anxiety is you can see, sometimes I see a lot of times I saw kids, they were picking their nails, they're pulling their hair, they're twirling their hair and like their hair. Some of the kids I've worked with, like they starting to get bald spots because they're constantly Mm. like pulling. So those are obviously pretty extreme, you know, um, extreme examples, behavioral changes. Like if you're noticing that things are changing in your child, you're finding that they're becoming more moody. They're becoming more aggressive. They're having temper tantrums. Um, they're crying a lot. Like if you're noticing a, a, a stark difference in their behavioral, that's oftentimes attributed to something else that's going on. Could be anxiety, could be something else, you know, but those are general and things. Um, bedwetting, increased appetite, decreased appetite, sleeping problems, refusing to do certain things. Um, and then for some kids, it's it's really about like withdrawing and being, you know, like there's that fine line between anxiety and depression. And some of the things that we see with kids with depression, a lot of times what we call is a comorbidity between the two and they go hands in hand. Right. And so, um, Refusal to do things like refusal to go to school, refusal to go to after school activities, all of those things can be signs of anxiety for kids. But this is just a small little, you know, example. Like I said, you want to really start to see if you're noticing behavioral changes with your own child. Mm, Yeah, I think that's really helpful just because, like you said, we do know our kids the best because we have been with them their whole lives. So noticing those changes, I think, and being okay with, okay, I noticed these changes. Maybe it's time to talk to someone. Maybe it's time to start utilizing some tools to see if maybe this is, you know, this is what I think it might be. Um, but really noticing that and knowing our kids, I think is, is so important. So if exactly. We... And, and, oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Sorry. Say, what I was going to say is, you know, we, if our kids had a sore throat, we would take them to the doctor to make sure that it's not, 
you know, strep throat or something. Anxiety is kind of that same way. Like if you're noticing these things, it's okay to take your child to the doctor and get them the help that they need. And so I just wanted to add that over there. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's really important and such an important example, because I think as adults, I I think as a society, as adults, we are more and more recognizing the importance of mental health and mental health being as important as our physical health versus it being something like you only go to see a therapist or a doctor or something if you were like a major, major, not any sort of doctor. Um, But in in terms of in terms of mental health, a psychiatrist, psychologist, and sort of therapist, you would only go to see them if you have like major issues. And now we're like, well, no, if we're not feeling great mentally, then we can see someone. It's become more socially acceptable because we know how important it is. But I think sometimes we forget that our kids might need that too. And that we can, even if it's just going to the pediatrician and say, hey, I'm noticing these changes and, you know, going from there. So I guess what would you recommend as first steps then if you do recognize, okay, our kids or my kiddo seems to be struggling with anxiety. So if the woman listening is saying my kiddo seems to be struggling with anxiety, what would you, what would you recommend they do? Well, I always think it's best to talk to your pediatrician, make sure that there's no other underlying issues that are going on, right? Like get a full bill of health checkup. Your pediatrician is a great resource for you in terms of finding if, you know, if they do think that maybe, you know, talking to a therapist or talking to a counselor would be, you know, the best bet, they're going to have great resources for you. Um, And then what I would do is I would, you know, I love the website Psychology Today. It's a website where you can go and find therapists that are listed in your area. They'll tell you if they take insurance, they tell you if they don't take insurance and, and you kind of go and find somebody that's a good fit for you and your child. And what I always like to say as a therapist is you want to find it. I'm, I'm a, I love shopping. I'm a big shopper mm-hmm. and I love shoes. And I always say you want to find that perfect fit and what fits one pair, what one foot fits into a shoe and it might be totally comfortable. Another person will try that shoe on and it's like, eh, this doesn't feel so good. And so you want your kid to find that perfect fit for them, that perfect shoe, so to speak, so that they feel comfortable talking to that person. So don't give up if you try one person and your child is like, oh my God, I hated this. This is awful. I never want to go back, right? Like that's okay. Give it a few times, but if you're still feeling that resistance, it might be the shoe and might, you know, might be that therapist is just not the right fit for that person and to try to find somebody else that would be a better fit. But I'd say start with your pediatrician for sure. Mm, yeah, that's smart. And I think that's a good reminder that like we can trust our kids that maybe they need to give it a chance. Maybe they need to go to a few sessions and see if it's, you know, that just them being nervous about seeing the therapist or if it's okay, they really don't like them. This doesn't work because it's not going to be helpful if they don't like them, if it doesn't work. And I think sometimes, you know, we can feel bad about switching therapists, but ultimately if I, I believe if they're a good therapist, they're going to want it to be a good fit for both parties, right? They're there to help. And so they're going to want you to go, okay, maybe this doesn't fit and find someone else. And so if that is, you know, what you're, what your pediatrician recommends. So yeah, no, I think that's a great recommendation. It's okay to just, just talk to your pediatrician, see what they say. If there's a, if, you know, therapy is an option or a suggestion, then try it out and and find someone that fits. I like that. The other thing that I really want to add really quickly with medication, and this is my own bias. If you, if, if there is medication to help kids, right, there's no question that there is medication. 
Um, you know, with medication, I believe needs to be therapy so that we can teach the skills that are needed, not just mask the anxiety that's happening. Um, and then I also recommend if it is medication, the route that you want to go, probably go to somebody that specializes in medication for children. Um, you know, for the mental health perspective, go to a psychiatrist, go to a cognitive, you know, medical doctor, don't necessarily just rely on your pediatrician. We have specialists for a reason. Um, and they're really up to date on all of the newest findings and trends and medication recommendations. And so that would be my, you know, that's my own little bias in terms of it. Like if your child had a kidney issue, you wouldn't go to your pediatrician, you would go to the specialist, you know, and there are specialists for kids. And so that's, you know, that's my own little bias that I get a lot of times with parents is, well, my pediatrician wants to put my child on medication. What do you think? And I, you know, and I say, I think that that's a great resort. I would probably go to somebody that that's, that's all that they do is they specialize in those things. Yes. Yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree with that. I've actually had friends who are going through some medical issues with their children and they were given recommendations by a a very well-meaning pediatrician and then went to see a specialist and the specialist is like, that is not what I would have prescribed. And they were like, oh, Okay. And so now they're switched and the child is on medications that are right for them. And it's not that the pediatrician is trying to do any harm in any way. It's just that they're not specialists. So sometimes they know, sometimes they don't, but that's why you would go see a specialist for whatever it is. So I think that's a really important point that there are mental health specialists for kids. And again, I don't think it's something we talk about a lot. I'm really, I mean, I think we, in a case like mine, as a young child that I have this phobia of dogs, it's pretty obvious, right? I could be out and about in any situation and you knew that I was afraid of dogs. There was no hiding and it wasn't something under like it was very it was it was definitely pronounced. Um, But with other kids who might be struggling a little bit more internally or if you haven't, maybe you have one child who's struggling and another child who hasn't struggled. We can forget sometimes. I think that these are things that we we can take we can take action on. We can take care of and we can help them with. So or we can find someone to help them with. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. And some of these signs are not as overt, like in your face, like, you you know, a fear of dogs, like that's obviously very, you know, very right there. You can see it mm-hmm. a lot of times, like you said, the kids will turn internally and yeah. that's when you start to look for like the mood changes and all of that. And that's when you have to kind of play detective as a parent to kind of figure out what's going on and start to notice those warning signs. Cause it's not as in your face, so to speak. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so not cut and dry either. Like, you know, when your child or for the most part, you know, if your child has broken an arm or you can suspect, okay, looks like it's probably broken. We're going to take them to get an x-ray. This is sort of one of those things where you, you kind of have to make a judgment call and go, okay, maybe we need to, we need to work on this. Um, so I'm curious about this. Is it appropriate to kind of help our kids to recognize our anxiety? Obviously we don't want to pretend that it's not there, but should we help them to recognize it? And how do we help them as parents start to manage it? Absolutely. I think, I, I think we can use these words and teach our kids. They should know what anxiety is because what happens is otherwise they think they're crazy and they're not crazy. You know, they're just, they're struggling. So I think it's really important. And even in my book, I've labeled it multiple times on purpose and I did have other therapists look through it as well, not just myself, but I, you know, gave it to my friends that are also therapists and said, you know, what do you think over the here? And they're like, we have, you know, you want to make sure that you label it as anxiety. It's, it's mm-hmm. important. Kids can understand this big word um, and they can understand the definition, but what they need to know is that it's not a 
death sentence or a life sentence, that there are strategies that they can learn so that they can live with their anxiety and not let their anxiety take over their life. And so, yes, I think it's really important as parents that we educate kids and label it for what it is, but at the same time, also let them know that it's not something that's not treatable. It's not something, you know, like take the scariness away from it. And when we bring it to light, we're taking away the scariness. If we just kind of hush, hush, brush it under the rug, our kids pick up on these things and they hear so much more than we realize that they do. And so internally it just gets bigger, 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 bigger. And then it seems like it's something to be ashamed of and it's nothing to be ashamed of. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that's important. I think we forget that our kids from a very young age can understand big words and they can understand as long as we explain it to them in a way that they can understand at their age. And I think that that's what your book does is help to start to explain what it is and, and put a name to feelings that we have that might be confusing or overwhelming, or yeah, they they might think that they're crazy. Well, I don't feel like my friends feel this way. Why do I feel this way? Or is it normal to feel this way? Well, yeah, it's anxiety. And my kids have heard me talk about feeling anxious. And I know that, um, I've had a conversation with my my eight-year-old. So I have a four-year-old and an eight-year-old. And I've had conversations with my eight-year-old where, you know, if a situation's happening, I'm like, hey, mommy just needs to take a couple minutes because mommy's feeling a little bit anxious. And at one point she's like, well, what is anxious? And I kind of explained to her how it feels to me. I was like, well, it feels different for everyone. This is how it feels for me. I just need a few minutes to breathe. Um, and so I, I, I'm I, glad that I'm <laughs> that's okay <laughs> to share with her um, and to, or at least to you know, kind of give her a definition. I think you do a much better job of defining anxiety um, in your book. But I guess that's a great question. Then how do you define anxiety for kids? I guess maybe at kind of different ages too. So how would you define it for like a three-year-old versus maybe like a 10-year-old? Sure. So I think that the one thing that everybody needs to realize is we have, we get anxious for a reason. Our body is, is set up. So we first have to thank our bodies for being, for feeling that sense of anxious, because what it's really doing is it's protecting us. Right. And so prehistorically, when we started to feel anxious or when cave women or cave men started to feel anxious, it was their way of, oh my gosh, there's danger. Something is happening and I need to recognize that warning sign. And I, it's the fight or flight, right? It's the amygdala. It's our fight or flight, like kicks into overdrive. And obviously you wouldn't talk about amygdala with your children. That's a little bit too advanced, but you know what I'm saying? So first, what I always say is thank your body because it's your body's way of protecting you. What I say to kids is anxiety, feeling anxious is a normal feeling that we all have, right? So it's your body's way of telling you, oh my gosh, there could be something that's in danger. What happens with anxiety though, when I talk about this in the book and I use it as an example, it's like a fire alarm that's malfunctioning because all kids know that you have a fire alarm there to protect you, right? So our anxiety is kind of that same way. And when a kid is anxious, it's that fire alarm that keeps going off and it's malfunctioning and it's saying danger, 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 when there's nothing really in danger. And so it's like that switch is just not working. And so you're trying to find ways to talk to your brain and let your brain know that this is not a time for me to be feel feel in danger in any way. I'm safe right now. And so I think it's important, you know, when I use this analogy, even adults are like, oh my God, that makes total sense, right? So an adult can understand that analogy, but so can kids. And so I think it's about really looking at the words that you're using, looking at the examples that you're using, making sure, like you said, that it's age appropriate, right? Like I'm not going to go into the amygdala and the, you know, parasympathetic nervous system and trying to calm down your parasympathetic, like 
they don't need to know all of like the science behind it, but they just need to know that a it's okay. We all have it. So we have it there for a reason. It's there to protect us. And then as the kids get older, we talk about our thoughts and how we can change our thought patterns and all of that to help us feel less anxious. And so you just kind of go into a little bit more detail as the older that they get. Mm, Oh, I love that. Okay. And that was such a great analogy. I'm like, I I need to use that with my kids too, and actually explain it to them in that way. I I think I told you before we um, started recording that I uh, did read the book to my four-year-old and she just, you know, she likes it. She likes the pictures and hopefully, hopefully she took something out of it too, but I haven't read it with my eight-year-old yet. I know she's going to want to read it to me, Um, but I think it'll be really helpful to her as, as, as she gets older. And I'm noticing, you know, at times just things like homework piling on that she didn't have before and things like that, that make her a little bit nervous. I'm like, you know what? She could probably, (laughs) she could use some help understanding what is anxiety and that these feelings are normal. Um, So I think this is, it's so helpful. So in the book, you outline a few different ways that we can help. Well, actually, I don't know. Should we wait? And eh, I'm trying to decide whether I should share with them the name of your book and they'll probably know it by the title. (laughs) Um, But you have some great tools to help kids with anxiety. Do you want to share just sort of some of the tools or maybe some of what you share in the book on how we can kind of help our kids once they recognize that feeling of anxiety, start to manage it? Yeah, no, absolutely. So what I was saying before is so our amygdala goes into overdrive when we're feeling anxious, right? And we want to reactivate our parasympathetic nervous system, which is to calm our bodies down, right? And bring us back into that present moment. And so there's a lot of strategies that we can teach our kids. And it's so funny. I use this as an example. My One of my best friends got the book, of course, and she was reading it with her kids. And she called me. She's like, okay, I'm doing the breathing exercise right now. I'm taking the dog for a walk and, and I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> and so... Well, these are geared, the book is geared for kids. It definitely works for everybody. So the strategies are just universal um, strategies. And one of the ones that I recommend in the book, and you know, you can check it out what, throughout the day, basically there's four strategies. And I like to make it very practical, something that kids can take with them. Um, what I would also say is, as a parent, we want to practice these strategies, not when our kid is feeling anxious, but when everything is feeling fine, right? Mm-hmm. Because we want it to be secondhand for them to pull it out of their pocket, so to speak, when they're feeling anxious. Oh, okay. I know what to do. Like, this is my body's way of saying I'm feeling anxious. I'm going to take out this breathing exercise. And so one of the um, strategies that I love, the kids love is going, you know, tracing your hand, breathing up the mountain of a finger and breathing down the mountain of a finger and tracing and going in and out up the mountain, down the mountain of your finger. And it's something that they can do in school. It's something they can do in soccer. It's something they can do in dance. It's their hand is with them at all times. Mm, (laughs) And it's something that they can um, just easily pull out to help calm them down when they start to realize that their body is starting to feel anxious for whatever reason. Mm, Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. I'm like, I could definitely do that. I can imagine that feeling really calming, you know, breathing up, breathing down, breathing up, breathing down. Yeah. It works for adults too. I mean, that's the thing. Like, so the book is geared towards kids that are, you know, anywhere from like four to like 10 years old. My daughter's like, ah, 10 year old's not going to read it, but adults are benefiting from it as well, you know? (laughs) And so (laughs) while it's written at a, you know, an elementary level, it definitely can help anybody for sure. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. So speaking of parents, um, before we dive into, you know, sharing a little bit more about the book, I, I want to know, because I am 
someone who has struggled with anxiety for most of my life. And I have a lot of strategies now to manage it. Lots of therapy, lots of things that I do. Um, I just actually uh, this morning recorded a podcast episode with a meditation expert, which I think will come out a week or two before this episode. So it might already be out. (laughs) Um, But that's one of the things that I've done to help me is a little meditation practice in the morning. So I've developed strategies myself, but I can understand as just as a parent, seeing a child struggle with anxiety as an anxious parent myself would be really difficult. Even seeing my daughter, you know, struggle in little ways with things like the homework example is difficult. So what are your recommendations for a parent who might also be struggling with anxiety and them seeing their kids with anxiety? Uh, I don't know if you have any recommendations or tips on that sort of situation. No, absolutely. So I think that it's a really good teaching moment, right? Like you've said with your with your kid, it's it's great for them to know that they're not alone. It's something that you struggle with as well. And that together, you're both going to empower yourselves to help you overcome it, help you work on strategies so that you can that you can feel better, right? And that we have this ability to do some self-healing. And so I think it's important for parents to recognize it. And if it's really out of control, no, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Mm -hmm. So anxious parents oftentimes, and I, you know, I hate to say this, anxious parents develop anxious children because our kids pick up our anxieties. And so as a parent, I'm not saying hide your anxieties, but I'm saying you need to find a way so that you can manage it so that you're not, you know, inadvertently bringing on anxieties for your children as well. I mean, especially during these times of the pandemic and how much, how much anxiousness we have, right? Like yeah. <laughs> the more anxious you are as a parent, our kids pick up on all of those things. And so it's important that as a parent, we we check ourselves, we get ourselves up some self-help because it's a great modeling tool for our kids as well. Mm, yeah. I think that's so important that we, we don't hide it from our kids and we share with them what we're going through, but that we are also developing our own strategies. Cause I mean, it's going to be hard for a kiddo to utilize strategies themselves. If we're not doing anything to manage our own anxiety and telling them, you know, or sharing with them what we're doing or things that help us. I know my kids are very aware that mommy needs her morning time and, you know, not every day, every day is certainly not perfect, but they know that mommy's a better mommy if I have my morning time where I'm able to center myself and calm myself down and that just I mean, start my day like that. That is really helpful for me. I've talked about it uh, ad nauseum on the podcast. <laughs> I think my morning time is important to me and they know that and they don't necessarily directly associate that with mommy being less anxious and mommy feeling more calm throughout the day. But I think they know that it's important to me. And, you know, I would explain to them that this helps, you know, helps me start my day feeling calm and feeling ready and being able to show up as a better mommy. And I think whatever the strategies are, whether it's, you know, for me, meditation and journaling or for, you know, for somebody else, it might be something totally different or might be those simple strategies throughout the day, like um, the breathing exercise that we actually do share that with our kids and that they understand that you're, you're working on that too. And we're modeling them, right? Like we're modeling for them. Like I know when my kids were younger, I have a nine and 11 year old now, but when I was, you know, when I was younger, I was like, mommy needs a timeout. She needs Mm. a personal timeout right now, you know, and that's okay. Sometimes we need that. And so I think it's important that we're showing our kids that we need certain things as well, because they need to be able to recognize when they need their own personal space, whatever they need to help them 
feel better, do better, you know, have better mornings or whatever it may be. Yeah. Oh, I love that language of a timeout too, because kids can definitely understand that. <laughs> Mommy needs a timeout. <laughs> I might Mama, just it's use a that. personal timeout, honey. Mommy needs a personal timeout right now. <laughs> yes. I love that. Cause I mean, even though my kids are a little bit beyond sort of like that timeout age, they, they would definitely understand. I'm like, I just need a couple minutes. <laughs> I need a <laughs> and I have minutes, told my right? my kids before that before. I lose my mind. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And I've done some, you know, breathing and things like that with my my kiddos every so often. Um, whenever when they've gone through things that make them nervous, kind of in the short term, acute anxiety type things. Um, and it's just a good reminder to keep you know keep doing those things with them um, because it hopefully will help them develop strategies for the future too, and and share that with them when I'm doing as well. So. And I just, I, this is totally off topic, but it made me think about it. And it's really important. One of the things um, as a parent, what we want to do is we want to protect our kids from our, their anxiety, right? So it'd be really easy going back to your example with the dog, your parents just picking you up and being like, okay, let's just keep going on. Mm-hmm. And then not help. It, it sounds so mean, but the real way to help deal with anxiety is to do the things that they don't want to do, not to protect them from it. Right. And so, you know, I use this as an example. We were out to dinner and my daughter, she was about six at the time when this happened, we were out to dinner and I had no idea she was watching TV. You know, we were like, there was a TV up above our heads and there was a scary commercial and she got freaked out. I have no, I, to this day, I don't even know what the commercial was or what it was that she was watching. Cause it wasn't like we were all sitting there watching TV and from that moment on, she's like, I'm not going out to dinner. I'm never going out to dinner again. I don't want to go out to dinner. So as a parent, I had a choice. I was like, okay, well, we can kind of placate her and say, okay, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take in tonight or, you know, whatever. And I was like, no, 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 we are going to go out to dinner. And I will make sure that a not sitting by the TV. If we are sitting by the TV, you won't be facing the TV. I will be facing, you know, and so we, we accommodate them to meet their needs, but we also need to push them so that they can overcome that anxiety. Because like I said before, if we keep dusting it under the rug, the ball under that rug just keeps getting, you know, that dust ball just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're actually doing a disservice to our kids. So it might seem like, oh my God, you're the meanest mom in the whole wide world that you're making me touch a dog and pet a dog. And, you know, but that's, that's truly how you can overcome some of those anxious feelings and those fears. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately for me, that was what helped me overcome. I mean, talking to someone was helpful, I think. I mean, I don't remember a lot of that experience. It was pretty short-lived, but it was actually interacting with my neighbor. They got a new puppy and it was like, all right, well, you want to go hang out with her, then we've got to face this head on. And, you know, and everyone was, you know, right by my side. I think I remember my dad being there like right next to me. Like the first time I met the puppy, I jumped up on him first and they like showed me how to pet it. And it was like that very slow process. Process. They were right there with me, but it was like, nope, this is, we're not going to, you're not going to never go over to your friend's house again. She's not just going to always come over to our house. Like you need to face this at some point. Um, and yeah, and I'm very thankful for that because my kids and I talk about getting a dog one day and um, not quite yet, but we talk about when they're old enough to help take care of it. <laughs> but we talk about getting a dog one day and I'm not afraid of having a dog in my house. And I'm so thankful for that. And I think that, yeah, with w- whatever anxiety it might be, you know, mine again, was a very extreme example of a phobia, but um, any anxieties, yeah, we want to do our best, I think, to even if it feels uncomfortable, even if I know we want to protect our kids, like you said, and we don't want them to struggle, 
now we also don't want them to struggle in the future, right? So we have to do that, do what we need to to push them. And that's part of our job as parents. One of the hardest things as parents, I think, sometimes is to push our kids even when they're uncomfortable, you know, whether it's, you know, to to learn something at school or to face their anxiety. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you created this incredible resource. It's so, so cute. So your book is called The Warrior Backpack. Um, and the little boy in the book, he has a backpack of tools that he takes with him. Some of the tools that you mentioned. So you have a whole bunch of tools that you mentioned that he takes with him to school. Um, and your daughters illustrated the book, which is so exciting <laughs> that it was sort of like a whole family project. So can you share more about how the Warrior Backpack came to be, um, and how it specifically can help parents help kids cope with anxiety. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's kind of a funny story how it came to be. Um, I have been an online entrepreneur now for many, many years. And I like to joke that TikTok made me write this book, but I'm kind of not kidding. (laughs) So it sounds really funny, but TikTok did it. I started doing anxiety tips over on TikTok um, because I build online businesses and I, and then I saw a TikTok on how easy it is to write a kid's book. Well, my wheelhouse having been 15 years in the schools is both a, a, you know, third grade, sixth grade teacher, elementary, middle school counselors, really kids. And when I do therapy, I do mostly therapy with older, you know, with children, so to speak Mm -hmm. Um, and their parents as well, of course, but I was like, you know what? I would love to write a kid's book. Like that's always been like a kind of like one of those things where like, I wouldn't be an author. I'm not an author, but I saw on TikTok how easy it was to do it. And it kind of took on a life of its own. I was like, I can easily write a kid's book and about anxiety. And one of my best friends, she's like, could you write one for like middle school and like high school kids, please? I was like, no, that's like way too much writing. Like I'm (laughs) definitely like not an author over here. Um, But having been in the schools, you know, mostly elementary for 15 years, like this is my wheelhouse. And so I started doing it. My girlfriend was helping me. She had just published a book on Amazon as well. And I was, she, I was like, I just, I need to find an author. I I need to find an illustrator to help me. And my daughter was like, well, I want to do it. And I was like, um, okay. Like it's a lot of work, you know, it's not just like one page that you're going to be illustrating. And she's like, no, 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 I want to do it. I want to do it. And I was like, okay. And so it was a great experience, a learning experience for her. She learned about royalties. She earns a commission off of each book that's sold. She took ownership over it and, quite honestly, like she crushed it. Like she is the star of the book. Like it's so amazing. She has this app called procreate on her iPad and she, you know, started to take on a life of its own and she started to research different ways to make procreate work for you and, and all of that. And, um, so that's kind of how it all kind of came to be. And then there's actually a journal that we publish to go with it so that yeah. your kids, because journaling is so important. I think it's one of the strategies that you sound like you do in the morning yes, as well. It is, yeah. <laughs> and so we, you know, we put together a journal for kids to go with it and they, you know, they can write about like what strategy they use throughout the day and how they're feeling. And um, we're working on a whole series of mental health um, books for kids right now. So it's, it's, oh, it's been awesome. really fun. Oh, that's so awesome. This is a resource that is so needed. I I don't know of any other 
like books written for kids on anxiety, which is, and it's so important. I love the journal concept. I need to get one for my daughter. because I think we're getting to the age where we're talking a lot about her feelings. Um, and so, and she loves to, she loves to write because she, she can read now. She can write now, which is um, a very interesting transition. I'm still trying to get over whenever I try and like read her something. She's like, mommy, I can read now. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> so she could write give me a second. Journal. Let me understand how old you really are now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Can't handle this. Um, but yeah, no, um, I think this is, I love that there's a journal along with it too, because it's like the, the perfect companion, but it is such a cute book. It's an easy to read book, easy to understand. And I think for adults and kids, and I think it is one of those books where like you're saying the strategies work for adults and as well as kids. And I think what's nice about it is that it is, like you said, geared towards elementary school kids. And that is, and obviously if you don't have elementary school kids, it doesn't, or elementary age kids, it doesn't mean that we can't help them with their anxiety. There are a lot of ways we can help them with their anxiety, a lot of help we can get them. But if we can help them young, these are strategies they can take with them. They can take their warrior backpack with them as they you know, continue to get older and just continue to um, utilize those strategies and learn how to manage their anxiety. So I think this is a really important book and I'm, I'm really excited that you wrote it and that there's a whole series coming. That is awesome. So do you have any other topics that you can share with us that you might be covering in the future? Well, by the time this is published, my due date to have my second book, it's already actually written. I'm waiting. My daughter is, the illustrator is a little busy with schoolwork and dance right now. So there's a little bit of a hold up, but we have a book on what to do when you're feeling sad and the mm. difference between being sad and feeling depressed or being oh, so good. feeling sad and being depressed. And, you know, what I think is really important, and I've added it in both of these books, is a parental resource for parents mm. in terms of, you know, this is this is what the difference is between, you know, depression and sadness. And these are the resources that are available for you with, you know, your child struggling with anxiety. And then I also go into the different, it's the same kind of format in terms of this imaginary backpack that you can pull out, because I think it's really important. Bibliotherapy is one of the biggest ways that I loved to help children as a therapist. And that's mm -hmm. what this is. It's, it's reading through a book. And when kids can kind of associate with somebody else, but it's not so personal that it's about them, but they can make the connection that they're feeling the same way as the character in the book. And, mm -hmm. oh, wow, those strategies can really work, you know, for, you know, it worked for Alex in this book. And, you know, maybe we could try these strategies together. So while, yes, your daughter can read this book on her own, it's really important that parents read it with them yes, so that yeah. they can help them and then pull out those strategies, like I said, throughout the day to practice them, not when they're feeling anxious, because when they're feeling anxious and it's not secondhand nature to them, they're going to be like, mom, I can't do that right now. Stop asking me to do that. But mm -hmm. if you really kind of drill it in so that it becomes second nature, you can say, I can see that you're really starting to feel anxious. What, what strategy do you want to use right now? And they'll be like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, I'm going to pull out my hand breathing exercise or, yeah. you know, I'm going to pull out an exercise or whatever you want to call it. And so I think it's really, you know, it's a great resource for parents to kind of have. It's a great resource for kids to have. And I loved bibliotherapy. So that's kind of what made me want to um, write it. There are great resources out there. There's great workbooks that you can do with your kids for anxiety, depression, all of those things. Yeah. But I really wanted to do me personally, bibliotherapy, because I've mm -hmm. seen the power of having kids sit in my office, read a book, discuss a page, talk about how the page relates to them, not just read the book and call it quits. Cause that's not yeah. really, you know, 
what it's about. And that's not really the lesson that they want to learn. They're not going to learn the full lesson, I guess I should say. Yeah. (laughs) No, I love that. We love reading books together as a family. And um, right now we're reading Harry Potter together, which is not a book on anxiety, (laughs) but we love it. We're (laughs) <laughs> it's a, we're on the second one now. We we told the kids that they aren't allowed to um, watch the movies until they read the book. So we're reading because like, there's so much more in the books than there is in the movies. The movies are great, but there's so much more in the books. So we're doing that together as a family. So this is just another addition to our story time that we can that can help them. And I want to point out, I really loved that question that you asked your kids, I, or that or what you said that we could say to our kids, I notice that you're struggling or you, I noticed that, did you say, I noticed that you're struggling with anxiety. Is that how you said it? I wanted to make sure I, I noticed that you're feeling a little anxious, you're feeling a little anxious. There we go. Yeah. Sorry. I noticed that you're feeling a little anxious. Which strategy do you want to use? You give them that autonomy when they know that there are strategies to use. And when they have read the book and they have those strategies, they can sort of choose the strategy. You're not like telling them what strategy to use. You are allowing them to choose that. So I really like that. I like that. My, I think my daughter would respond better to that. <laughs> and the thing that I also want to point out when you say this is, is one strategy is not going to work for everybody, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. so funny because I do these TikToks and I'll say, chew gum. Chewing gum is a great tip for anybody out there, for your kid that's feeling anxious in public, give them a piece of gum because what it does is it, it stimulates the saliva back in your mouth. So when you're feeling anxious, what happens is your body goes into fight or flight, like I talked about, and then your digestive system actually starts to shut down because you don't need that when you're in fight or flight and you're trying to survive. You don't need your body to digest. So putting that gum, putting that saliva back into your mouth, whether it be gum, a mint, whatever it is, for a lot of people, it will work to kind of help them feel less anxious because they're yeah actually putting the saliva back in their mouth. And there's so many people on TikTok that are like, that doesn't work for me. Okay, perfect. Don't use that strategy then. (laughs) It's not a one size fits all. And so that's why it's so important for our kids. That's why I have four different strategies, right? Because they might be like that breathing exercise does not work for me. It makes me more anxious. Mm -hmm. Okay, fantastic. And that's not one that we're going to use, but let's try this one. How does this one make you feel? Does this one help calm your body down? Okay, then this is going to be our first go-to. Yeah. Oh, such a good point because just like we're all different, our kids are all different too. And I'm so glad that there are multiple different strategies that they can use. It's really funny that you mentioned the gum example, because that's one that I've actually used throughout my life is when I will notice that I get like dry mouth when I am anxious and I will chew a piece of gum. So that's funny. That is one that actually works for me. (laughs) And you Um, probably didn't even know what you were doing, but it's your body's way of self-soothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's always something that's felt soothing to me. So it's something that I have kind of gone back to like my whole life, which is very funny. (laughs) Oh, so interesting. Okay. So I love to, there's just so many more things that we could talk about. And I'm like, I, I want to let them go and read the book (laughs) and I want them to get the book and get the journal and start to work on some of these strategies with their kids. So read it, read it with their kids, start to work on some of these strategies. So I want to let them go and get the book. Um, and I want to honor your time. So I want to start sort of wrapping things up. I have some fun little rapid fire questions. I love to ask at the very end, totally unrelated to anxiety or maybe, I don't know. (laughs) Um, but I want, um, to hear from you, like where my listeners can connect with you, where they can connect with the work you do and get a copy of the Warrior Backpack and the Warrior Backpack Journal. Absolutely. So I'm on all social outlets. Like I said, I build multiple businesses online. This is like, I like to call this one my passion project. Like this is the one that like brings my, like lets my 
my heart feel better. You know, like this is, it truly is just a passion project for me. So you can find me on all social media outlets. If you need more tips, follow me on TikTok because that's really where I focus mostly on my anxiety um, tips. I'm actually building out a website right now to help with brain gut health. I know you've talked a lot about a gut health on your channel. Yes, yeah. Um, and that's really important to me as well as a therapist, because there's actually more serotonin that is made in your belly than actually in your brain and your serotonin is your happy hormone. So there's so many things with healing your gut. And that's something I'd add as a parent is start to look and see if there's certain foods that are triggering your kid, you know, that is maybe related and just being cognizant of it. I've heard parents, you know, with the food dyes and ADHD and, you know, when they've taken away some of those things and I've added more like a whole clean, you know, diet into their kids, a lot of those behavioral changes, a lot of things start to change. And so I think it's really important as well. So I'm starting a website called um, for belly It's called bellybrain.org. It hasn't quite launched yet. But so you'll find me there. You'll find me on every social media outlet. But in terms of buying the book, it's only available on Amazon right now. And so if you type in the warrior backpack book, make sure you add the word book in it. um, You'll you should see it comes up. Awesome. Perfect. And we will link to that in the show notes. They'll be able to find that and we'll link to the backpack. We'll link to the journal. Um, and really interesting, actually, that you mentioned just as a total aside, you mentioned about gut health and potential like allergy sensitivities and um, like behavioral behavioral reactions. We actually had um, a food allergy chef on or not had. She will be on soon. <laughs> I'm trying to remember like when different episodes are going to air because we yeah. recorded all different times. She'll be on in a few weeks. And we actually talk about that. We actually talk about how she struggled with behavioral issues um, with her food allergies and how she's noticed some of those in her kids. And I've actually noticed in my kiddo who has a food allergy as well. So very, very interesting. Gut health is so huge. Food sensitivities can really be, they can definitely, they can definitely create behavior change. So that was a really good aside. We could probably keep talking about that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I recommend a probiotic for your kid. Uh, all you know, if you yeah. do notice that your kid is struggling, I, I have friends that are psychiatrists, and they will always put kids on a probiotic just yes. to help with that, you know, microbiome and the good gut flora. Yes, yeah. We also had a guest on talking about microbiome for kids a few a few weeks ago too. <laughs> so it's all it all ties in. I love it. You're just tying in everything. <laughs> it's awesome. So perfect. Oh my goodness. This has been so so helpful. Um I don't want to forget about our rapid fires, but I think that yeah, this is a topic that's not talked about enough and I appreciate you being like so clear with all of with like the definitions and how we can start to get our kids help and how we can start to provide them with tools and creating a resource that we can get and we can help them with. So I think you're doing awesome work. Thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. So let's finish with some dessert, otherwise known as rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. I think I'm feeling a little anxious, but I'm right now. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You're so easy. I promise. Okay. What do you prefer coffee or tea? Coffee. Podcast or book? I'm sorry, a book. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's a hard question. <laughs> what did you eat for breakfast this morning? Um, avocado toast. Yum. <laughs> what is your first choice if you're going to order takeout? Pizza, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that's mine too. <laughs> Early bird or night owl? Unfortunately, both. <laughs> 
But Love more it. of an early bird than a night owl. Like I, night owls, I'm like by 11, 30, 11, 11.30, I'm done. But I'm always <laughs> up at like 5, 45, 6, unfortunately. I can relate to that for sure. <laughs> so my last question, because this is the Healthy Balance Mama podcast, and we like to talk about balance in every area. What does balance mean to you in this season? Self-care. Um, for me, it's really about not, it's not selfish to take care of ourselves as moms. We give so much, but we forget to give to ourselves. And so I think that I always say the captain of the ship can't go down. And as a mom, we are that captain of the ship and we can't sink. And the only way to not sink is to really make sure that we're taking care of ourselves first. And it's not selfish to do so. Mm, Yes. Such a good way to top off our conversation on anxiety too, especially if we struggle with anxiety, which we all do, right? We all struggle with anxiety from time to time, some of us more than others, but we need to take care of ourselves so we can manage that the best way possible. Oh my gosh, Julie, this is so awesome. This was such a great conversation. This was so helpful. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day and chatting with me and creating the Warrior Backpack. Well, thank you so much for having me here. I so appreciate it. It's been an honor. Thank you for listening to Mommy's Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama Podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.